Hello, everyone. Welcome to Latter-day Struggles. This is your podcast for all things spiritual and psychological growth and development here in and around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is Valerie. Did I say that already? I don't remember. Well, this is still Valerie, and I am here today to uh, finish up a little two-part mini-series that I've been talking about as far as what I've been calling the successful failure of our Mormon theology of marriage. And just to give you a tiny bit of a taste of that, and I would encourage you to jump back to the episode just before this one to get a full treatment of this subject. Well, it's something that I'm developing, so I wouldn't call it a full, full treatment, but it's something that I'm working on, thinking a lot about, and I think I'm beginning to wrap some words around it. But the idea here is that I am starting to realize through the hundreds of conversations that I'm having with so many of you on the ground, in your lives, in your marriages, as you grow and develop here in this space, that sometimes I think what I'm realizing is that we create systems of belief and uh, with those systems of belief come a certain way of thinking about success in relationship. And in so doing, we create a structure and a lot of people jump into that and there is every reason to believe and hope that this structure will help us and uh, create peace and harmony and help in uh, in these relationships, whether it be a, a, a family constellation or a marriage relationship. And as these things unfold and develop, and as time goes by, we start recognizing that almost inevitably there is a dark side. There is an underbelly to these structures that have been put in place. And so uh, as quickly as those of us who have the ability to start sort of discerning patterns and processes that hurt people, when we see these things coming up and start noticing phenomenon, I personally feel like it is my ethical let me say that again. It is my ethical imperative. I personally feel that it is my ethical imperative to talk about a phenomenon that I notice that is um, being replicated uh, throughout uh, a lot of marriages here in and around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that problem that I'm noticing is that in these marriages where one partner is making progress and having um, sometimes some really in, in beautiful, uh, sacred, uh, enriching and expanding growth experiences. But in so doing, they are in some ways leaving the orthodoxy and they're leaving a lot of their former beliefs behind. When they do this, uh, they're receiving what's coming back as far as when they try to talk with their partners about it. And um, most of the time, or oftentimes they really want to share with their partners, in their growth journey, uh, sometimes uh, the partners are very resistant uh, or, or frightened, well, or both, honestly. And my proposal here is that there might be a correlation in the testimony of or the conviction of the orthodox partner and, and to the extent that they uh, have successfully been uh, integrated into and believe in the doctrine of eternal marriage and temple marriage and eternal family and all of those things, those who have successfully bought into that the most are going to uh, struggle the most with their evolving, expanding, and changing partners. And therefore, those marriages might actually be the most high risk because the more orthodox one is, the less likely they are able to take in the real experience of their expanding partner. So in essence, what I'm getting at is that to the extent that the church is successful in really convincing someone about these doctrines around marriage, those are the marriages that fail the most. So a successful 
failure. It's successful in convincing one person that these things have to be a certain way for the marriage to be okay. And because they're so convinced when their partners evolve, they don't have the years to hear or the, or the heart to feel through and actually love their partner for where they are. Okay. So jump into that, that last episode, as I mentioned, if you want to go uh, into a deeper conversation with me about that today's conversation with you is actually, I am going to try my hardest to actually walk you through how I am trying to systematize an approach to help you out there. If you are the uh, expanding part of the partnership in your marriage and you have a partner who you love dearly and who you really want to uh, remain in a intimate relationship with, but you're finding a lot of struggle right now because of this very phenomenon that they are true believing, um, orthodox, more traditional, and they're frightened of you. And they're really frightened of your experience. And you're finding yourselves um, in this marriage coming up against a lot of stumbling blocks because it feels like uh, you don't have a skill set in working through this particular thing. And this is really discombobulating to a lot of couples because some of these couples, by their own reports through the folks that I work with um, in my consultation side of my my practice and those who I spend a lot of time with in my online communities, um, a lot of these couples share that they really otherwise feel like they have a pretty strong marriage and they haven't really had to deal with something of this nature before. And a lot of, I think the reason for that is because one's faith, and I think particularly here in the um, LDS faith tradition, it is so integral to our actual like identities. It is so deeply woven into who we are as human beings that when someone moves away from that, it is absolutely disorienting, um, really actually to both parties, even the, the party that is actually having the experience firsthand, it's very disorienting um, when they feel compelled to or or called to uh, an expanding way of looking at God and faith and religion and practice, uh, disorienting to them, but it's very disorienting to the partner. Uh, they don't know what to do with it, especially because they um, oftentimes have been really <clears throat> indoctrinated around what uh, their partner is feeling, even though they don't actually oftentimes have the courage or the ability or the desire to uh, just ask firsthand what their partner is feeling to see if their partner uh, can corroborate what they've always heard about what someone like this is actually feeling. And that's really sad because of course they have um, firsthand uh, accounts. Someone could, you know, someone could ask their partner, is this true? Like all the things we've heard in, you know, church or general conference or whatever, is this your actual experience? Um, but sadly, again, because uh, this is such a hot topic and it's so heated and there's so much anxiety around it, a lot of relationship um, partners don't ask their partner, tell me what's going on and let's see if this feels the same as uh, what we've always heard before. And I dare say that if they did that, they would find it to be very, very different than uh, what has been talked about formally from, from the pulpit. So what I've done here is I have uh, created uh, several hours worth of uh, online uh, courses, uh, two online courses to be exact. I'm going to, I'm rolling out a library of several online courses uh, that really uh, go above and beyond just uh, the marriage relationship. Uh, the next one, the third one that I'm going to be rolling out here at the end of the summer is going to be actually on a parenting guide for uh, uh, mixed faith uh, families but I'm not going to be talking about that right now. Right now, I'm really trying to focus on helping married partners survive faith expansion in one partnership. And in some ways, if I were to be totally honest, which I always am, um, this has been, I feel in some ways, like it's a little bit of a fool's errand because, well, let me just walk you through my own process. I, I know for firsthand how big of a crisis this is 
And uh, because I talk to so many people and it's the second biggest population of people that come to my online community. And yet also at the same time, uh, what I've noticed um, ha having dropped uh, my first course uh, a few months ago is that I have been a little bit surprised at how few people have taken advantage of this offering of mine. And I think part of the reason is actually because I don't feel that it's because I have misread the need. I think I, I think I actually, I think I've absolutely nailed it. I know that I know the need is there, but I do think I perhaps underestimated how much pain couples are in and how uh, paralyzing this topic is. And that therefore the idea of, of purchasing an online course and either taking it oneself, which brings up a lot of grief or taking it with one's partner, which brings up a massive amount of anxiety to even ask the partner if they will step into this uh, very vulnerable space and do this together with, with your, with your partner. Uh, it's really scary. And it probably feels really vulnerable, especially because you don't know um, the more traditional partner probably doesn't recognize how um, trustworthy uh, I would be as a facilitator because I am more progressive myself and I completely understand that. So anyhow, I, like I said, it's a bit a little discouraging that I don't feel like I have reached as many people as I want to. And yet also at the same time, I have had some feedback from some who have purchased the course that it has been transformational to their marriages and that once people have actually gotten desperate enough or are are interested enough in actually doing the hard work of confronting um, what they're going through in their marriage because of faith crisis, that beautiful things are in fact happening on the ground because partnerships are finally coming together, you know, here and there to do this work. And the beautiful thing is it's asynchronous. It's uh, you do it at your own pace and you're able to take the content, listen to it. And there are lots of opportunities for couples to actually I, I do a little teaching and instructing and offering some thoughts and feelings about, um, you know, psychology, uh, couples work, um, trauma recovery, uh, intimacy building, things like that in the context of faith development and faith expansion. And then I, um, I stop and invite couples to do a lot of talking about it, where I actually offer prompts and questions and things like that so that they can really spend a lot of time looking into one another's eyes and talking to one another. And before I even move to Anything that has to do with uh, faith expansion and faith crisis here in the LDS space, uh, we spend a lot of time just learning how to build safety in the couple's relationship. So anyhow, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to just go through with you what it is that I am offering step-by-step a step, uh, little bit so that you can see that there is a way, I think, to work through this very, very tender and sensitive and vulnerable topic uh, between um, a married relationship where one is in faith expansion and the other is uh, in a lot of rigidity and fear because they're afraid that what their partner is doing is destroying their family. Okay, so my overarching philosophy as I have created these courses is um, I wanna just walk you through uh, my philosophy of healing. Number one is I really wanna help both partners feel that the other's experience is legitimate in this. Um, and something that I really feel strongly about is that uh, we can't establish safety in a couple's relationship setting until both partners feel that what they're going through matters and that it's valid and legitimate. And I feel like that's um, especially true actually in faith expansion work, because this is a stages of faith kind of 
I, I ground everything that I do in this philosophy around stages of faith. And so if we're looking at this from that perspective, uh, there's no better or worse stage of faith. Now it's on a continuum and there are, um, there's advancing along the continuum of stages of faith, but that doesn't mean that people that are in a, an earlier stage of faith are bad people or that they're wrong or that they are, um, they need to be fixed or changed. And I think that sometimes is a misconception about this, that we, uh, we sometimes, I think, where, wherever we are, we want our partner to just move with us wherever we are, whether whether it be someone in an orthodox stage or someone that's in a more uh, nuanced stage further on. Is It's not about changing the other person. It's about understanding the nature of uh, faith development and allowing people to be where they are and to feel safe and seen and known. And I know that's very, very challenging because oftentimes uh, one of the default modes of an earlier stage of faith is the inability to actually recognize um, and understand the nature of what is beyond them. And so I do actually talk about that in the, um, in the work, in the, in the classes. Okay. So, uh, like I said, they, I really work with partners and helping them feel safe, helping them feel that both of them are valid and legitimate. I really build a strong foundation with couples on how to talk to one another, how to validate one another. I, I go through, like I said, I'm a, a marriage counselor. And so I am no stranger to really uh, scaffolding couples around helping them feel like they have a way to make sense of their emotional experience and helping them learn how to better facilitate safety in the relationship with the person that they want to be emotionally intimate with. And so I explicitly do a lot of skill building activities at the very beginning of this process to help the, the couples recognize what their already existing resiliencies are. And then I help them uh, with a lot of coaching around how to manage the forthcoming challenging conversations that we will have down the road as the course progresses. And so that is actually um, one of the big pieces of this philosophy that I am unfolding with these married partners, which is I'm trying to actually build on your resiliencies, help you feel safe, and help you recognize that you have the, the capacities as a couple to grow as you are willing to be open to the experience of the other. The beautiful thing about this whole philosophy is that it is the gift that keeps on giving. If you are able to implement this skill set in faith expansion, it expands and you're able to use this actually in all of the other topics too, whether it be other kinds of you know parenting, um, struggles with finance, uh, sexual issues. It's the gift that keeps on giving. If we learn how to help the other partner feel safe and seen, hold them in, in high esteem, and help them be able to know that we accept them as they are. Uh, that is the, the beginnings of a healthy relationship. Hey everybody, the Latter-day Struggles podcast began on a whim and has become my passion project, my vocation and my full-time employment. As you might imagine, the content you enjoy is the culmination of thousands of hours of planning, study, production, editing, and other behind the scenes work all in an effort to be a valuable resource to you, my audience here in and around the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you feel that what I offer has added value, direction, and strength in your faith journey, I now invite you to financially support my work to help ensure that I can continue to offer you and others this high-quality content in the future. You can now make donations through my Patreon account, conveniently linked in my show notes at the bottom of each episode. Your donations, either small or large, 
One-time donations or those made on a monthly basis will help me continue to provide you with high-quality, frequent, psychologically and spiritually sound content for your faith journey. And for your willingness to support me, I offer you my most sincere gratitude. Thank you. Now, back to the show. So eventually, as we move, another philosophical ideal that I have in the work that I do is I really work with couples to help them recognize that psychologically and spiritually mature couples um, choose loyalty to one another over loyalty to outsiders or outside institutions. This is true, whether it be with in-laws or um, a, a job or, or, or a church. And I really work with them on uncoupling um, God from the church. And I, I do that in you know subtle ways, but I really help partners recognize that the greatest loyalty that they can have, which is actually honoring God, is loyalty to the, the, the daughter or son of God that they have chosen to be in their marriage relationship with. And so I really try to help reposition loyalty uh, away from obedience to ideas and towards the real, what I believe is the true keeping of covenants is actually um, learning how to love human beings deeply. And so that is uh, a way that we're able to actually um, look at the resiliencies and the beauty of like the, the heart, the, the, our Orthodox loved ones have such good hearts. They're trying to do what's right. They're trying to love God. They're trying to honor their covenants. And so to actually say, I appreciate what you're trying to do. And let's think about this in a slightly different way that we honor God by honoring the, the real authentic lived experience of one another. And we allow for the growth and progression of one another. And that is how we keep promises to God that we will truly be loving, kind, caring, and open to the experience of the other. And that is the, the most holy and divine work that we can do as we are trying to become more like God. And if we could help each other sort of see that then it becomes less about dogma, less about um, it has to look this particular way and more about truly leaning into what it means to be a child of God because we are embodying love in our marriage. And this actually beautifully, when people get closer and closer to this, they're actually able to see the spiritual experiences that the others are having. One thing that I've noticed over and over again as I've worked with couples, especially because I spend so much time working with the expanding partner is their orthodox partner only sees what they're worried about. For example, they may see the expanding partner say, for example, oh, I don't know, um, not wearing the temple garment maybe, or, or drinking a cup of coffee, which of course in our culture is considered a, a huge red flag, right? Uh, and so they uh, interpret that to mean uh, a lot of trouble, a lot of um, anguish comes up about that. And it's sort of, they take from that and extrapolate all of the crisis that they have been programmed to believe is you know, the, the end of eternal marriage. What they're not noticing though, is that oftentimes that very same faith expanding individual is actually in the depths and breadths of a beautiful transformative relationship with their heavenly parents and their savior, Jesus Christ. Um, it's paradoxical and it doesn't make sense to uh, the true believing Mormon who um, equates a certain set of behaviors with a spiritual experience, but if partners are able to actually uh, slow down enough to uh, see one another and to ex to allow each other the um, to be open enough with each other to see the um, actual experiences that are going on, 
deep within one another. I think the more uh, orthodox partner would be shocked at the depths and breadths of the spiritual transformation that their partner is going through, even if on the surface it may appear that uh, just the opposite is happening. And I think that's why this is so, um, it throws people off so much is because they look at these uh, these these behaviors, right? And they map from those behaviors and they they uh, they got, draw conclusions from those behaviors that this is falling away. This is losing the spirit. This is uh, sin. And they make their, these conclusions and they have no idea uh, because of the fear, because they close down, because they are not open to conversation because of, you know, again, their legitimate fear and how they've made these conclusions uh, from their training. And so the partner that is expanding may try or may not feel safe enough to try, but in either case, they cannot tell their more orthodox partner about this beautiful blossoming experience they're having, where perhaps in many cases, they've never felt more beloved of God. They've never felt uh, closer to a sense of their own divine worthiness. They are finally um, understanding the nature of, of an eternal and everlasting love of, of heavenly parents or of the true nature of the atonement and their openness to other human beings. They're their loss of judgment, their recognition of how big and beautiful God is and, and that they have space for all humanity. Like, sadly enough, those experiences are oftentimes not shared in the intimacy of the married relationship because the walls have gone up and there is so much threat experienced, once again, by the success of the church and in, in, in really teaching the true believing partner that that they need to hold on to these covenants. And so then they don't have the ability to really know the heart of their expanding partner, which of course could in the worst case scenario lead to the failure of the marriage. So the success of the indoctrination can lead to the failure of the marriage, which of course is what I'm trying desperately to prevent. Okay. One last thing that I feel philosophically and really um, committed to in these courses that I have spent so much time and all my TLC to create is I really try to help cultivate psychological and spiritual complexity of thought. And I do this slowly because I know that that is bumping into a lot of the fears and the anxieties of the more traditional uh, member of the, of the partnership. But I try to help them recognize that the more they're able to see gray areas and the more they're able to actually hold space for complexity uh, in their belief system, the higher the odds are that they're going to be able to actually, um, both partners are able to kind of have a relationship uh, with the institution on their own terms. Meaning that if it has to be black and white, uh, sometimes it actually squeezes the partner out that can't live in black and white anymore. But if both partners can recognize that this institution, as well as all institutions, as well as all human beings, are a beautiful, complex combination of all of the colors of the rainbow. I prefer actually not even to think of it as like shades of gray, but really we are all beautifully complex. A part of what has uh, given the courage to the expanding partner is in fact their value system that they learned it through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That in some ways is part of what has created in them the strength of character to push back against the system. And so to recognize the system itself has beautiful parts and it has some very, very dark parts. And the more complexly we are as human beings able to think through those things and really um, hold on to that which works and throw out that which doesn't and manage the necessity 
of a lot of complexity, the more likely we are able to uh, stay in relationship, uh, not only with one another and with those around us who are having their own complex processes, which God bless that, that's exactly how it should be as we're growing. But the more complexly we think, the more we're able to be in, I think, a beautiful, cohesive relationship with the world around us because the world around us is, is complex. Okay, so let me just go in for the last uh, few minutes of our time together. I'm going to just run through, I kind of just uh, finished off giving you like a, a, a broad sweep of my philosophy of healing as I'm helping members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are in uh, marriage crisis. And I wanted you to sort of see um, how I view healing. And then now what I want to do is I'm just going to run over just very quickly uh, what you'll what you would get if you were to uh, go ahead and take the plunge and try to take uh, one of these courses or both of these courses. And of course, as uh, they are going to be, the second course is going to be released next week. Uh, stay tuned and there will be some coupon codes and all sorts of things uh, to encourage everyone to take the plunge, be brave. And even if you are going to just roll through this course by yourself, it will give you a conceptualization of what is going on in your marriage. So at least you the more expanding partner for the time being can have language around what's going on, can conceptualize this so that it won't just feel like so much chaos. And that as, um, and if your partner um, is willing and able down the road to do this course with you, you will see that it is incredibly friendly towards the more traditional partner. Remember, I was a traditional partner and I was a traditional member, a very orthodox member for uh, the vast majority of my life. And so I have an incredible soft spot in my heart for their thinking and their feeling and their thought processes. And I get that. I get them and I love them because I am, I have spent much of my life as, as, as one of those, of those people. <laughs> so, okay. So let's just jump through, um, course number one, which is already on latterdaystruggles.com. Uh, my class number one is, uh, I'm kind of reviewing this cause I already talked about this a minute ago, but I'm really just working on helping couples make sense of the emotional experience of faith crisis. Most of the time, uh, couples in crisis are in crisis because they have built their relationship around the church. They have what I like to call a one pillar family. And um, what I ultimately am working with couples and families on is to create a multiple pillar family structure, which is the church may be one of those pillars and it has some parts that help that can be helpful for some families but any structure that is built on one on one pillar is going to have a it's going to be shaky uh, because if anything happens uh, things uh, fall apart when there isn't a diversity of interests and of passions and of of ways of thinking about the world so i really use that first class of the first course to help partners Re realize and understand the emotional experience of each other. And so I go into what it must feel like to be the more traditional partner. Why is this so scary to you legitimately? And then I spend time going into why is it so hard for the more expanding partner to feel betrayed and alone? Okay. So I go deeply into that in the first uh, class and I'm going, this is a very um, broad overview. So I go deeper, much deeper than I'm describing here. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a review. In class number two of course number one, um, I really love this one. I go through many, many points of um, how one might develop what I like to call a growth-oriented marriage or an individuation-based marriage as opposed to a validation-based marriage. And I really talk about and I normalize how many, many people worldwide um, through all religions 
really, uh, we want to be in a validation-based marriage. It's it's a little bit more comfortable. A growth-oriented marriage um, demands accountability. It demands uh, like a self-confrontation. And that's that's not a very pleasant thing to do. It's the most healthy thing to do, but it's very, very challenging. And so I actually break down the multiple parts and what one might look for if they're trying to develop within themselves a relationship with their marriage that is based on individuation and true growth. And I talk also about how validation-based marriages look. And then I offer a lot of opportunities for the couples to talk about uh, where do they thrive and where do they have a marriage that is focused on growth as opposed to where are their marriages uh, more typical? Um, and I call them underdeveloped marriages, honestly, and where are they validation-based? But again, validation-based marriages are oftentimes the norm here in our culture. Uh, class number three, I go deeper into stress and trauma, and I really work with the couples on how they can better understand um, what each other's adaptive um management styles are when stress comes up uh, because couples are in a marriage crisis. Oftentimes when they uh, purchase this course, they are uh, oftentimes like actively behaving in ways that are um, typical for someone who is under a great deal of stress or possibly trauma. And so I work with couples on kind of looking at childhood patterns to help them recognize why they manage stress the way they do. And so I do a little bit of trauma um, instruction here to help couples have more compassion and empathy on their partner and on themselves. And then the last part of this, yes, the last part of this uh, cl class three, wow, this is a lot of content in class three, is um, I actually facilitate um, in for the couple, I facilitate the creation of um, each individual creating what I call a faith development timeline so that both partners can recognize um, and have the language to describe their own timeline around how they become the, the person of faith that they are. Certainly this surrounds their relationship with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all and throughout the all of these courses, I scaffold everything with a lot of um, compassion and empathy and a lot of opportunities for couples to ask one another questions and um, really help each other feel like they're safe in the in the sharing of each of these narratives. And I put this narrative at the very, very end. So several hours into the class or into the course, I put it at the very ends because we've already at this point in time really worked hard on developing safety in the relationship to begin to talk about these hard things. Okay, let's move on to course two, which is going to be, I'm like I said, we are just in the thick of finishing producing it right now. And next week it's going to go on sale. And so if you're seeing this live, there will be a coupon code if you jump onto my Instagram or my Facebook accounts and Instagram I'm at I'm at Latter-day Struggles Podcast, and on Facebook, I'm at Valerie Hamaker. So jump on there to get your coupon codes for this course number two, and I'm sure we'll have a bundle, uh, some sort of a coupon code for it if you wanted to buy both courses. But let's talk for a second about course number two. Uh, course number two, class number one, is where I want each partner in the relationship to begin to understand stages of faith. I am a strong and passionate believer that if every human being who belong to a faith system understood the stages of faith and recognized that it was a phenomenon that um, crosses um, all religious in, like religious belief systems and that the stages of faith is a psychological phenomenon. I think everyone would do so much better and they would be able to situate themselves inside a stage of faith and see that what is going on as people are 
um, moving um, in different directions and stages of faith, they would see this as just developmentally normal. They would look at it like, oh, a baby begins to, you know, to roll and then they crawl and then they walk and then they run. And nobody thinks that's weird or unusual. Nobody makes judgment around it. They just see it as part of what it means to be human. And the stages of faith actually situates uh, human beings inside of that same sort of developmental pathway. And so the first class in my second course is the, is uh, really slowly walking partners through uh, typical stages of faith. And I actually introduce several stage theories um, in a very simple way and concise way. And then I offer a lot of opportunities for couples to really talk about, and I offer all the prompts to talk about stages of faith and where each partner is and how partners have maybe um, been in the same stage and how they've changed and what it's been like for each partner as they have evolved and changed and perhaps moved into different stages of faith. And uh, once again, lots and lots of opportunities for um, to evoke conversation. The idea here is that each class um, offer partners um, actually, you know, an hour's worth of uh, conversation uh, because I offer a lot of conversation starters. Okay, class number two is I walk couples slowly through the LDS faith crisis report. Once again, this is, uh, I believe that if both partners in a relationship had the ability to see what is going on on a grand scale here in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because a lot of incredibly um, faithful and dedicated scholars have actually done a lot of research on this, if they were able to see uh, what's going on on the macro level, uh, perhaps they might be able to allow their partners um that the partners can allow each other the grace um, that what they're everyone's going through is ch challenging and tricky. And it's not just a phenomenon that is um, alive and, you know, working against them in their marriage. And so, like I said, I uh, introduced the faith crisis report and I also propose a separate solution. The faith crisis report actually kind of talks about um, the, the, the stages that people go through um, as they work through faith crisis. And I noticed as I was studying it, and as Nathan and I put that podcast series together several months ago that I can link in the bio, that um, I didn't feel like either of the outcomes um, that folks go through in the stages of faith crisis as proposed in that report, I didn't feel like, I didn't like either of the outcomes. They were unsatisfactory to me because neither of them actually land individuals in what I would consider a stage four of spiritual development, which is the um, the communal faith or the mystic phase, which is the phase where uh, people that choose uh, to move beyond um, orthodoxy and they move out of skepticism, they're out of the anger and the betrayal phase, but they um, decide to somehow be um, in relationship with the church, not because it's the one true or the only way to get back to God, but because they want to stay there to be mentors. Uh, they want to stay there to cultivate strong community. They want to stay there uh, because they find something deep and rich in their own experience of being there because they have something that others, um, that they want others to like, they want to mentor other people through stages of faith. I didn't see that necessarily in um, that document. And so I propose um, to the couples in these, in this class, um, a way for people to e um, evolve and grow through stages of faith uh, and not end up necessarily outside of the church. Now, if they, if I'm not saying that if someone evolves and, and moves outside of the church for their own good reasons, I 100% validate that. And I work with couples on learning how to accept that as an absolutely viable option and that that too can um, bring about a lot of stability and happiness in a marriage, believe it or not. It's just the individuated couple allows for one another to be where they are and they actually find ways to support each other, even if they are in completely different places in relationship with the church. So I work through the faith crisis report with couples in, in class two and in class three, 
I focus on the building of a resilient marriage using concepts from John and Julie Gottman's philosophy called building a sound relationship house. And so they have several, this is a model that sort of uh, one phase builds upon another. And I think there are seven phases and it's a lot of just ideas about how uh, the Gottmans have really done a lot of research on what couples, which couples thrive and which couples do really, really well together, who become the super couples. And I integrate these seven uh, component parts of the sound relationship house that the Gottmans put together. And I integrate that into uh, faith crisis couples and how you can actually use uh, your relationship as you're working through faith crisis and, and as you've grown through the other classes that I work with you on that you can then integrate all of the growth that you've already accomplished through the first, uh, you know, class and a half, you take that skill set and you build your own sound relationship house around who you are becoming as individuated growth oriented human beings inside of this marriage. And so that is the end of the second course. Now, one thing that I will say as I close up is that because I've done so many consults with couples or with individuals who are struggling and uh, wanting to know kind of what is going on and how can, how can I make sense of my marriage that I is falling, feels like it's falling apart and we're really, um, we are moving away from one another. And most of the time, this partner that is um, expanding in their faith is feeling a lot of terror um, and sadness and sorrow because they feel like uh, because their faith is expanding, they may lose their marriage. And so one thing that I have offered, and I do this on a very, very limited basis, but I want to just throw this out there in case anybody is interested. I have offered uh, to these individuals that I uh, will, uh, you know, again, I only do a couple of hours a week of this. So of course, uh, first come first served uh, is that if, if a partnership would like me to meet with them before they begin this course, this set of courses, I will meet with them between each course so that I can help facilitate what each class was like. And so I would basically, uh, we would talk, you would get a hold of me and tell me you would like to do um, a couple of consults with me as a couple and you'd purchase the course. I would meet both partners. We would talk about the marriage for an hour. Then you go do class one. And sometimes I would prefer that to take, I don't know, at least a month, if not more, where you really, really work on it, go deeply into it, and then circle back. And I would meet with you again between class one and class two. And then as, and then you meet with me, I facilitate, we strengthen that marriage. We talk about what's been challenging. And then you go and do class two for another month or two. And then you come back with me and I am willing, um, at least until I no longer have the ability to do that, to help a few couples out there who would like me to sort of work with you as you work through these courses, just to maybe give you a little bit of confidence and courage uh, that you have someone looking out for you. So if this is something that interests you, email me and let me know that you would like to have the between course, the between class uh, consult with me. And that would be with you and your partner, preferably. And that you could just reach out to me at info at ValerieHammaker.com. I am incredibly committed to helping couples in, uh, not only in faith crisis, but couples whose marriages are, um, in, on, at a high risk place because of this, uh, successful failure phenomenon. And I really want to help couples recognize that they can be, um, an intimate couple and in different places, um, in their faith. And that as I 
uh, create safety and um, help you see that you're not um, like that this is not chaos, that there's there's a way to make sense of this. And that's what I think I'm pretty good at doing is I help people see that there is a way to conceptualize the nature of their suffering and that there is a map and therefore there is a path out that is empathic and that is guided by love for both partners. And that is what I offer to you here. So I think I'm going to go ahead and close this episode out, but I want to thank you for being with me today. If you haven't already done so, would you pause and rate and write a positive review on this podcast? It is incredibly helpful for people who are in a faith crisis or a faith journey to look at those ratings and reviews and see from what you say that what they're going to get is a faith expanding experience through this podcast. And remember, those who are afraid of the content that we tackle here, they tend to be ones that do jump on and rate and review. So if you take 30 seconds and do that for me, that would be uh, incredibly appreciated. Additionally, if you're interested in joining one of my space-limited support and processing groups, if you would like to purchase an online course designed to help you through your faith expansion journey at your own pace, or if you're interested in looking into some time-limited consulting with me or with some ongoing coaching with a member of my team, you can find all of the information for all of these products at latterdaystruggles.com. That's latterdaystruggles.com. And finally... The Latter-day Struggles podcast is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcasting Network. You can support the Dialogue Foundation by subscribing to DialogueJournal.com. We can thank the Dialogue Foundation for being the founding body of progressive Mormon thought. Please support them. Dialogue Podcast Network.